listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Just about three weeks ago, I was reading Psalm 46 and uh, didn't know that I'd be speaking this morning. And, and as I read this psalm, that seemed as though the Lord highlighted verse 4 and 5 to me. And it says this, there is a river. There is a river. The streams thereof shall make glad the city of God. God is in the midst of her and she shall not be moved. And when I read this, I thought to myself, is it possible for the city to be removed from the power source, from the presence source? Meaning that if God is not included in everything we do, are we doing something? Are we making our own way? Are we making our own decisions? Are we trying to create something and we feel God must bless it? I want to tell you this. The Bible says this, that if we acknowledge Him in all, that we, in all, all our decisions, all our planning, all our dreams, if we acknowledge Him in everything we do, in all that we do, He shall. I don't know about you, but I want the He shall upon my life. I want the He shall direct in my life. And I'm going to just go a little deeper into this as we continue this morning. But I just want to have a word of prayer before we move forward. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you brought each and every one of us here today. I thank you that you've brought us here to bless us. You brought us here to touch us. You brought us here to save us. You brought us here to heal us. And Lord, we've come to praise you. We've come to worship you. We want to exercise the law of reciprocity, that if we give, it shall be given. If we sow, we shall reap. If we seek you, we shall find you. Thank you for the laws of your word. The laws of sowing and reaping. Reciprocity. Lord, we just thank you for your amazing grace that fills this atmosphere today. Lord, I ask for your anointing. Lord, I ask that you will hide me behind the cross, that people won't hear me, that people won't see me, that they will see only Jesus. Lord, let me have clear thoughts. Let my words be precise today in the name of Jesus. We vow to give you all the glory. Amen and amen. She shall not be moved. And when I, when I read this, and I knew later that I was going to have the responsibility of bringing you a word. The Lord gave me a title. And it's this. The importance of staying connected to the river. You and I, we must stay connected to the river. Psalm 1 says this. Psalm 46 says this, sorry, Psalm 1 says this, and I'm going to read it to you. Blessed is the man, this is Psalm 1, reading from verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel 
of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be. He shall be. What do you want to be? What do you want to be? I don't want to be what I want to be. I want to be what God wants me to be. And the Bible says this, if our delight is in the law of the Lord, then he shall be like a tree. Not a tree. I don't want to be a tree. You know, blowing in the wind and losing my leaves every 12 months and going through the winter and going through all that. I don't want to be. But he said, you shall be like a tree. Now, this tree was productive. It was productive because it was connected to the river. It drew its life from the river. The river was the life source of the tree. And as I began to look at this, the Lord began to unfold some things to me. And I want to share it with you this morning. Ye shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. There are seasons in our lives. I think that was Solomon said this in Ecclesiastes. To everything, everything, Whatever is the circumstance of your life, Solomon says, to everything there is a season. Now, every season's different. Thank God they are. We don't like some of the seasons. But, you know, we have to experience the seasons. We have to meet the challenges of the seasons. We have to go with the seasons. But seasons come and they go. Seasons change. And the reason because they come and go in the purposes of God is because God holds the seasons. He's in control of the seasons. And he said, in your season, you shall bring forth fruit and your leaf will not wither. And I love this. And whatsoever he doeth shall, not maybe, but whatsoever he doeth, shall prosper that is listen that's too good to be true is it true rob is it am i preach am i declaring the truth is it true why aren't we living in the benefits and the full provision of what this word says of what psalm this psalm says i read this story in fact i heard about it about two years ago i heard someone uh, two weeks ago, I heard someone just mention it. And I thought, wow, that's really in keeping with, and that's fitting for what I want to share this morning. And I went on a Google, and I researched a lot more of the history of, of this story. And actually, the history of this story is in Louisiana, of all places. How many are from Louisiana this morning? My hands are up. I live in Louisiana now. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And this is a story I read. In 1763 on the Mississippi River, there was a town that was founded and established by French settlers. They called it the Little Gulf. The reason they called it the Little Gulf was because it was the little sister to the big Gulf city that was known as New Orleans. And it became very prosperous and prominent, the city did. It's 32 miles northeast of Natchez. I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Natchez, Mississippi. I'm, I'm just a native. I'm not a native here. I'm a, I'm a stranger to Louisiana, really. 32 miles northeast of Natchez, Mississippi, on the Mississippi, Mississippi River. And sometime later, a few years later, it was named Rodney in honor of the territorial judge named Thomas Rodney, and it became Rodney, Mississippi. Rodney became a very prosperous city in America, and as a matter of fact, by the mid-1800s, it had discovered 
the industry of cotton and was responsible for bringing much of that agricultural prosperity to the south. Rodney, Mississippi was known as the cotton capital, not just of America, but the cotton capital of the world. And it all started there. And so much so that Rodney became one of the busiest ports in America. For example, by the late 1700s, they had factories, they had schools, they had hotels, they had restaurants, they had beautiful homes with thousands of people living in this little town, which became a large town called Rodney, Mississippi. As a matter of fact, it only missed becoming the capital of the state of Mississippi by three votes. That's how prominent this place was. And of course, it was beaten out by Jackson, Mississippi. But something happened that nobody could foresee. The Mississippi River, over a number of years, began began to change course. Little by little, not suddenly, but over the course of years. The current and the river began to go in a direction in a different direction. And by the early 1900s, Rodney, Mississippi, was over two miles off the river it was built. Its whole commerce and prosperity was built from the commerce and the boats coming in with the produce and all the activity from the river. But when the river went the opposite direction, there was a two-mile distance. Then suddenly, there was no access to the river, to the city. The commerce of all the wealth that it provided began to dry up. The town slowly began to wither and die. If you would Google it, just like I did, it would talk about one of the most prominent cities that America ever had. And we, there is a lot of prominent, there are a lot of big cities in America. But this little place, Rodney, Mississippi, became a great place because of the Mississippi River. Because it was connected to the river. And you know, because of the direction of the river changing course, Rodney, Mississippi became a ghost town. And a lot of you have heard of ghost towns. A lot of you have when you've been watching the old westerns, come on. Like some of you guys like me, we like to, well, I like to watch some of the old westerns. I don't like to watch the new ones. Can't watch them. I like to watch the old ones. And sometimes a couple of guys are fighting out in a ghost town. Have you seen it? They're going from building to building. They're going from house to house. And there's all the furniture there, there's nothing but cobwebs. There's the, there's, you can hear the wind blowing. You can hear the shutters of the saloon creaking and banging backwards and forwards. And they're going and they're trying to find each other. And when they find each other, they try to take a shot at each other. And, you, 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 and the cameras look along the street and you see the tumbleweed all, all rolling down the street. It's a ghost town. And you know it's a ghost town because there's no life there. The life has gone. The, the people have moved on. And it's just become a ghost town. That's exactly what happened to Rodney, Mississippi. As a matter of fact, you could go there now. And there's only one road in and one road out. And that's all that's left of that prosperous, prominent city. In that city or in that locality... There's just an old decaying Presbyterian church that's falling in on itself. There is no business activity. There is nothing but silent structures with crumbling echoes of what used to be. It's now just a hollow shell of what the city used to be. There are no inhabitants. There are no people. There are no families. There are no children. There are no pro- there's no prosperity There's no booming business. There's nothing that would once represent a busy city. All of it left when the river left. And I believe it's a silent testimony that's screaming out 
a powerful message to every one of us today. Not just the people that sit in the congregation, but it's screaming a message out to all the pastors and to all the leaders, to me, my wife, my family, all the leaders in this church. It's, 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 it's shouting out a message. You know that we need the river. We need to stay connected to the life source. We need to stay connected to the river. No matter how great things are going for you. And I want to tell you this success many times is a big deception. It's a big cover up. If the river ever leaves you, you die. You cease to exist spiritually. Jesus, we read it in John 7, verse 37. Jesus stood on the last day of the feast and he began to shout out, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink and out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Thus spake he of the Spirit. Thus spake, he was talking about the Spirit. He was talking about the presence of Jesus. He was talking about his life coming into your life and flowing out of your life and flowing into other people's lives, flowing into your everyday life, flowing into the success of your life, flowing into the problem areas of your life and turning them around, flowing into the sickness areas and bringing healing, flowing in to the struggles and bringing peace. He's talking about His presence, the Spirit of Jesus. Rivers of living living water. How many times do you meet people and they've got no living water to share with you? All they've got is old stagnant stuff. Old stuff that that depresses you. That that, that robs you. But I want to be around people who are connected to the river. Who, who can share with me that life source and I can share with them my life source. I can share with them my spirit and they can share with me their spirit because the spirit is in the river and we're connected to the river and we draw that source every day. Not just when we invite Jesus into our hearts, not when we make that decision to follow him. Every day, I'm thirsty, I get thirsty. Just like you and I get thirsty naturally. We've got to get some water. We've got to quench that thirst. I want to tell you this. God has placed in every one of us an unsatisfied satisfaction that has to be fed. That has to be watered. That has to be nurtured. And if we're connected to the flow... Our thirst is being satisfied. Our needs are being satisfied. We are being fed on the finest of the wheat. We are being fed on the bread of life, which Jesus is. Hallelujah. It's all connected to the river. The Spirit. Hallelujah. I know this isn't popular preaching today. This might sound like old-fashioned preaching, but I want to tell you this, it's the truth. I'm not preaching error, I'm preaching the truth. And sometimes Jesus has got to shout out through the preacher, if any man thirst, not if some men, but if any. It's, It's a call to every one of us. Whatever level we're on, we may be Sunday school leaders, we may, be, we may be other leaders in the church, we may even be the pastor. It's a call to us to make sure that we are connected, that we are drawing life from the river. Oh, I love the river. I love the river. The Bible says there is a river. Thank God for the river that came from heaven. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe on him and get into that river would have everlasting life. I'm excited because I have everlasting life. I have Jesus. I have the river. I have hope. I have an eternity. It's the river. It's the river. 
today. Hallelujah. I can't stress it enough. The importance of not just staying connected, but drawing from the life source of that river every day. And he was speaking about the Spirit. He was speaking about Jesus, who is the river, that river of living water. And just like that little town of Mississippi, Rodney, Mississippi, when it lost the river, when the river went a different course, it dried up. It dried up. The psalmist said this, your leaf will not wither. If you stay beside the river, if you're drawing from the river. But Rodney, Mississippi, dried up. It withered. It lost its prosperity. It lost its life. And people began to leave in droves and abandon everything. The same is true for our life. If there's no difference between us and that city, and if we don't have the flow, if we don't have that river, that gives life. If the Spirit is not leading us, if the Spirit is not directing us, if we are not in the current of that Spirit, that brings all the blessings of God, all the successes of God, we're withering and we're dying. I say we're withering and we're dying. And the greatest tragedy, the greatest calamity of all this is not realizing it's happening. Because we can have so much stuff that's going on and going around and happening in our lives that we can be deceived. Sometimes we need to de-stuff. We need to unpack. We need to maybe unscramble some of the messages that are going through our minds, our lives. Sometimes we need a fresh infilling, a fresh insurgence of the power that comes from that river. It withered up. It lost its prosperity. If the river is not leading us, if the Spirit is not directing us, if we are not in the current of that Spirit that brings all the blessings of God, all the success of God, all the victories of God, it all comes to us through the river. If the river ever shifts and leaves your life, then everything that you have now can dry up and be joyless and lifeless no matter what else we have. How many joyless people have you met in your life? How many joyless people do you work with? How many joyless people are in your family? I want to tell you this. The river is the source of joy. The river is the source. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Jesus said, I am come that your joy might be full and that it might remain. It can only remain if us being continually fed from the river, from the power, from the life source, from the presence of Jesus, from the river. My message is today, stay connected to the river. Stay connected to the river. I want to be fruitful in every year of my life, in the decisions I make, in the plans that I make, in the dreams that I have. I want them to be fruitful. And fruit is guaranteed, it says, if we are planted and we are connected and we are drawing Every day from the river. I don't know about you, but I believe you want to be successful. I believe you want to be fruitful. In fact, I know you do. I know you want to be blessed. Stay connected to the river. Draw from the river. Don't separate yourself. Everything that's separated from the river becomes a pool. And in what I see in Louisiana is this, that pools have a green algae over the top of them. Because there's no flow in, 
and there's no flow out. And I would imagine that if you tested that water, that water would be stagnant. Stagnant. I want to tell you this. If you're living away apart from the river, you are living in your own pool of stagnancy, of no life, of, of nothing that you could have if you stayed connected to the river. I think it was Isaiah who said this. He said, you've hewn out for yourself cisterns, broken cisterns that can't hold any water. I want to tell you this. If you're connected to the river, you'll never run out of water. There'll be a continuous flow. Your thirst will be quenched. Your life will be fully satisfied being connected to the river. I don't know whether you've ever gotten into a river and, and you felt the current, the pull. If, you, if, if it's a proper river, you will, you will feel the pull. You would feel the, 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 the drag of that current. I want to tell you this, the current of the river of God constrains you. The current pulls you. And that's how the river of the Spirit is. Even if you start to go in a different direction, that God is not wanting you to go in and go after the things of the flesh. Here's how you know that you are saved. And it's this, because there is a restraining. There's something that pulls you back. There's a current. There's a force. There's a life that pulls you back. It's a restraining spirit. I want to tell you this. The Holy Spirit is a restraining spirit. It's a spirit that will keep you. It will not let you go. Well, you know, we, we hear a lot about grace today. And it's, it's more or less help yourself. Do what you want to do. You'll never offend God because grace will cover you. I want to tell you this. There are parameters to grace. If you walk in the light as I am in the light, if we seek the Lord, we shall. F- there are conditions, there are parameters to grace. And if we go outside of those, we'll wither and die. But inside of grace and its provision, there is all that you and I will ever need to sustain us. That restraining spirit. Everything in you will say, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And even if you do it, Sometimes we do it, don't we? We miss the mark. We make a mistake. We make wrong choices. We make wrong decisions. Both of my hands are up. And if I could levitate myself, I would have both feet up as well. Because I'm guilty of going the wrong direction. I'm guilty of going against the current. But I've learned this. That when I've come back, I felt the current, I felt the draw, I felt the restraining of that spirit drawing me back. And as I come, I asked God to forgive me. I asked the Lord to wash me again. I asked him to, 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 to just, just replenish my heart again. And you know, he comes right back. He comes right back as we repent quickly. You know, we don't have repentance preached much today. But Jesus came with a ministry of repentance, followed on from John the Baptist. His whole life's ministry was repentance. And Paul's as well. I want to tell you this, in the wisdom of God and his word, he's always made a way of escape for us to come back. Do there wouldn't be any hope for any one of us. I thank God for the blood of Jesus. I thank God for the restraining spirit of Jesus. I thank God for for the hope that I find in him. That when I miss the mark, oh, I can come back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's nothing like the presence of the river of God. How many times do we go to a funeral and... We meet the loved ones who've lost loved ones and, and we say, he or him is not here or she is not here. They're, they're with the Lord. But I want to tell you this, the real you and the real me is the spirit that's in me and in you. The real you is the spirit of Christ. 
I want to tell you this before we committed our lives to the Lord. We didn't have a real me. We were existing, but there was no reality in us. But when we come to Christ, we found reality. We found liberty. We found glorious freedom. We found a place that we can walk with God. We can fellowship with God. And we we would experience the new blessings of the Lord every day since the river, since Jesus came my way. And he's come to you. I'm not a fleshly body that has a spirit. I'm a, I'm a body that the spirit of God dwells in. He dwells in me. And he dwells in you. You know, the wonderful thing is this, that we can get into the river and get right again. When we've gone wrong again. You know. And, and I want to say this as well. The river has a language. The river has a voice. And it will speak to us. And when, when we know we're doing right, when we know we're doing wrong, it, it restrains us. But I, I want to say this, the river also says yes. The promises of God are yes and amen. His promises are yes and amen to every one of us. Hallelujah. The river has a language. And the river speaks to us. I want to ask you, are you listening? Do you listen to the river? Because when you listen to the river, faith comes. Faith comes. Faith is strengthened. Faith comes to help you every day. Faith comes to help you through the difficult circumstances and the challenges that you have to face. And sometimes our faith is sorely tried, but faith works. Faith holds fast as we trust in the Lord. It will come to pass because God's word is Truth, God's words is, is yea and amen to them that believe. My life, my desires, everything must be after the Spirit. I don't want to be after the flesh. I don't want to be moving in the direction of the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. There is so much that can get in our faces today. You don't have to go very far where we're presented with with stuff. But you know, we can turn aside because of the constraints of the river. We can say, no, I'm not going to look at that. No, I'm not going to watch that. No, I'm not going to listen to that. No, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to allow that to come into my life. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. We need to be a people after the Spirit. I want to be a preacher. That's after the Spirit. I want to be a man, a father, a husband. That is after the Spirit. I want to be a pastor of a church. That is after the Spirit. Follow after the Spirit. Follow where the current and the flow of that Spirit takes you. Because it can only take you in one direction. The river only flows in one direction. The devil will tell you there is another direction. There is another way. But I want to tell you this. Don't listen. Don't go there. It will not work out for you. There is no hope there. There is no fulfillment there. There is no future there. It's only the life of the river. That will save you. That will sustain you. That will keep you. Follow where the spirit, where the current of that river takes you. We need to be like Moses. You know, we read an account of Moses in Exodus 33.15. And he says this. If your presence doesn't go with me, then I don't want to go up. I don't want to move forward. What Moses is effectively saying is this. If your presence is not going with me, then I'll have to go in my own strength. And he says, I don't want to do that because I can't make it. I can't carry the burden of all your people, he was saying to God. But if you'll go with me, I can. If you'll go with me, I can make it. If you go with me, we will get to where you want your people to be. Follow the direction of the Spirit. I don't want to follow the flesh. I don't want to follow my desires. 
my attitudes, my actions, my fits, my carnality. I want to get in the flow of the spirit that restrains me in the right direction. Even if I start to say something I shouldn't, the current will restrain me. The current will pull on my soul. Even if I start to look at something I shouldn't, the current, the spirit will restrain me. That is what is meant by being after the spirit. Oh, I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose, you know, that life that comes from the river. Doing that, what his spirit can't bless. Deliver us, deliver me from fleshly pursuits. Just want to check another scripture out here and look at it. Romans 8, 12 to 14, it says this. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify or put to death the deeds of the body, the deeds of the flesh, ye shall live. Listen, this is Bible. This is not old-fashioned preaching. This is up-to-date preaching. This is present-day preaching. If you do put to death the deeds of the flesh, and we, only, we can only do that through the strength and the spirit that we draw from the river, because we can't do it in our own strength. It's the restraining power of the river that enables us to do just that. God, help us if we're on our own. God, help us if we... We're left alone, but we're not. There is a river. There is a river. There is a river. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. One translation says this, the proof of sonship is being led by the Spirit, not the flesh. The proof that you are a son or a daughter of God is that you allow the Spirit and its current It's flow to guide you and lead you and not your flesh. So your actions, your attitudes, your words, your disposition, your desires, they must all be in the river, all those things in the river as the Spirit leads you, the direction He wants you to go. Proof of sonship, the Bible says, is being led by the Spirit and not the flesh. Paul says this in Galatians Three, verse 3 he says it like this are ye so foolish having begun in the spirit are ye now made perfect by the flesh in other words he is saying this there was a time when you were in the river there was a time when you were in the flow there was a time when the spirit could adjust you and turn you and change you and move you in the direction that a God wanted you to go. And you were in the Spirit. You started in the Spirit. You were tender to His voice. You were tender and sensitive to His desires and His convictions. And he says, Paul says this, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect in the flesh? I want to tell you this. The flesh life will never make you perfect. The flesh life will never satisfy you. Only the Spirit will satisfy you. And I know I'm not going to get a lot of amens because I'm preaching to myself and I'm not even saying amen because I need what I'm I'm speaking about this morning. I need to be reminded of what I'm speaking about and what I'm saying is this. Ouch! Ouch! That's my response. I've seen many business people who have started in the Spirit You started your business and every morning when you didn't have much money and when you didn't have much business coming through, you would open your Bible. You would pray. You would seek the Lord. You would fast. You would call on God because you realized that the life source to your life and your future came from the river. And you know when we pray and when we read and when we fast, we we, we draw from the river. We draw the life. We draw the wisdom. We draw everything we need from the river. When I think about it, my dad started our church just over 50 years ago in the early 60s. 
We didn't, ha- we didn't have all the, all the great sound systems. We didn't have all the, the keyboards and all the lights and all these beautiful instruments. We didn't even have a large worship team. The only worship team was myself and a piano player. But we started in the spirit. We started in the spirit. We knew what it was to worship the Lord in the spirit like we've been doing today. We've been led. We've been worshiping the Lord in the spirit. We are so honored. I love the lights. I love the lovely carpets. I love all the beautiful instruments. If they are anointed with the spirit of God, and they are, because it's what invokes the presence of the Lord. And you know what? I don't want to go back to the way things used to be. I don't want to go back to the, to the bare boards, to, 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 to just to maybe one or two instruments and no lights and nothing. It was wonderful. It was great. But I tell you what I want to go back to and I want to maintain and live in, it. in this day is the, the anointing of the Spirit, the flow of the Spirit. When it touches me, when it begins to flow and touches me, that's what I need. That's what I must get back to every week when I come, every opportunity I have. And I know these guys, they must get back to the, to the spirit of worship, being able to be worshipers, to lead worship. And we are so blessed with that. Every one of us, you and I, not just the pastor or the preacher, but you and I, we need this life source. We need the river. It's for your family. It's, if the river ever leaves you, your prosperity dies. If the river ever leaves you, potentially your marriage can die. Your home, your family can wither up. And the house become empty and lifeless. You, and you'll, you'll live in a shell. You may, that may be your experience today. You have an outward appearance of a home, but there is no life there. Same is true with many other things. Don't let the river leave you. Go back to prayer. Go back to fasting. Go back to being Holy Spirit sensitive. Go back to the, the convictions and the consecrated lives. Go back to being hungry and thirsty and longing for God to fill you and longing to have a drink from the river, longing to draw from the river of God again. Listen to the river. If the river is pulling you in another direction, other than the direction that God wants to take you, that the flesh wants you to go, go with the river of God. Because the river is taking you to life, but the flesh will lead you to death and depravity. Someone may ask, what what can make a river change its direction? How could that happen to the city of Rodney, Mississippi? How does a river that's running by a city, prospering and bringing life to it, change its direction? And this is what was reported, and this is true, this is what was reported by the surveying engineers. It was a build-up of debris. Over time, so much silt, so much debris filled in and began to obstruct the flow of the river. It didn't happen overnight. That's a deception of the flesh life. It doesn't happen overnight, but little by little. It was just a little bit. It was just a little pile. A little obstruction. Just a little buildup of silt. And you don't allow the river to wash it away. And sometimes I said, you have to get into that river and get that stuff out. You have to remove it. So the river will have easy flow in the direction that it wants and needs to go. You know, sometimes it's easy not to make those adjustments. Sometimes it's easy not to start to dig out that stuff and bring it to the Lord and lay it at the cross. Sometimes it's easier to just leave it and think it's going to go away, but it's not going to go away until you take it to the cross. It's only the cross that can take it away. And the river that I'm speaking about 
this morning flowed from the cross and it still flows from the cross today. Don't let the little piles come, the little build-up come. Another pile of debris, another pile of silt. And before you know it, the river has been forced away. You know, with Rodney, Mississippi, it, it, it wasn't just a half a mile. It wasn't a mile, but it became two miles. And I believe that maybe describes so many people. So many people who started in the Spirit. So many people who were full of the Spirit. So many people who were into the Word, who were into prayer, who walked daily in the joy of the Lord. Your joy was Jesus. It wasn't stuff. But little by little, the river began to change direction. I want to tell you this. There's nothing that can take the place of Jesus you know, there was an old, there's a hymn we, we've sang for many years. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have Jesus than riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world can afford today. He's not saying that riches and wealth and this is wrong. If we put Jesus in the right perspective, he'll add it to you. He'll multiply it to you. He'll bless you. But he wants to be first. That river must be first. That river must have first access into your life. Don't, I don't care how prosperous you get or how much money you make or how many houses or cars or stuff you had. You had better not leave the river or you'll die or you'll wither up. That's what Psalm 1 says. I believe in opposites. And I know you do. And the Bible's full of opposites. And we learn from the opposites to be in blessing, to living blessing. Get rid of the silt. Dig it out. The river has to flow. We must be led by the Spirit, the restraining power that will take you in the direction and not in the direction of the flesh, but after the Spirit. If you don't allow the river to wash away the pain, the hurt, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, wash away the bitterness, wash away the unbelief, wash away evil speaking, wash away bad, bad attitudes and all ugliness, that stuff will clog up the river, just like it clogged up the river between the river and the city of Rodney, Mississippi. Your life, your success, everything is connected to the river. Out of your innermost being, Jesus said, shall flow rivers. Out of your heart shall flow rivers of living water. I'm praying today that you will hear my voice, that the Spirit will begin to take control again. If you are going after the flesh and not after the Spirit. I thank God for the spirit that constrains me. I need it. I need that constraint. I need to feel the power of that river every day. It will impress me. It will speak to me. It will guide me. It, it directs me. It keeps my mind. It keeps my words pure and not hurtful. It keeps my words delightful and not spiteful. It keeps me from dirty words. It keeps me from hateful words. That will tear somebody down and destroy them. If we don't allow the Spirit to wash it away. Because if we don't, that's who we become. I want to ask you today, who are you? Whose am I today? The river will keep you and I clean. The river will keep you and I free from the silt and the debris, the deceitful heart of the flesh, and keep us free and clean. We need that river to flush away all the resistance and be led by the Spirit. I want to encourage you to stay on fire. Listen, the church, the church is so important. 
It's not if you have time and there's nothing more important to do. The church is the most important part of your life. If you are a child, if you are a son of God, if you are after the Spirit, you cannot manage without the church because it's the kingdom of God. The river of God flows through this place. And it's your life source. There's nothing else more important, nothing else more exciting to do than to come to church. You know, we need it for our relationships. We need it for our children. We need it for our family. We need it for our friends. It's what keeps us. It's what keeps your family together. It's what will keep your marriage together. It's what will keep the success in your life abounding and flowing. The church of God, the house of God, the river of God, the presence of God, the spirit of Christ. Don't be just like an empty shell of existence like Rodney, Mississippi became. And it's so easy it can happen in a moment of time. It can happen little by little before we realize that we just feel absolutely lifeless. But thank God for the river. As we stand today, every one of us. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.